Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Welcome to episode 125 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's Mom. So today I'm excited for two guests. The first one is brought back from an episode almost exactly a year ago. So this is Rachel's mom from episode 70. I will give you a little bit of a recap of Rachel's story because her mom really doesn't go into it today. So Rachel was a wonderful girl, described really as an old soul by her mom. She was an extremely talented writer, and after she passed away, her mom found additional writings that she didn't even know she had done. She compiled many of these writings together and published two separate books of Rachel's writing. Rachel's mom started a foundation in Rachel's name really also very shortly after Rachel's death. She gives scholarships to young writers and has been working really hard to keep her daughter, Rachel's memory, alive. So that now leads us a little bit into Tracy, Hunter's mom. Although their relationship started off as a professional one, as you will hear about in the interview, very quickly it developed into a deep friendship. They really bonded and found that they could talk to each other about so many different things and that their feelings were so, so similar. As their friendship grew, they even started to attend bereaved parent retreats together, finding that they really felt comforted by meeting with other parents. Eventually, Michelle had a sort of revelation that the two of them should start hosting retreats and having bereaved parents come to them. These retreats are so precious, but can be so difficult to find and the waiting list can be extremely long. So they thought that maybe they could do something locally in their home state of North Carolina. At this point, the idea of Pangels was formed. Pangels stands for Parents of Angels, and you can look up their website on pangels.org. Their first retreat is coming up the first week of March here in 2022. So if you are listening to this episode as it's being released, there's still some time to go to the webpage and try to get signed up. But I don't want to give too much away. So I do want you to sit back and just listen to Michelle and Tracy talk about their children and their dream to really help other grieving parents. Thank you so much to my two guests today. Today, I have Michelle and Tracy. My regular listeners will remember Michelle because Michelle was on back on episode number 70. And if you were a careful listener, you may remember, I don't know if you shared this on the podcast, the friend that you had, the dear friend that you had, Tracy, who you had been a therapist, but you fired or something like that. (laughs) 
<laughs> you said some some funny story about how how you had a professional relationship and then you it became so personal that now you are dear dear friends. So today we get to meet this wonderful Tracy and talk to you a little bit. So Tracy, why don't you you can both just kind of say hello and introduce yourself a little bit and then I want to hear a little more about Tracy's story. Okay, hi, I'm Michelle, um, Rachel's mom. My daughter passed um, at the age of 17 in 2016, very unexpectedly. Like she said, if you go to episode 70, you will hear all about it, but I'm going to get this time for Tracy right now. Hi, my name is Tracy. Um, my son is Hunter and lost him in 2017. Okay. Um, little bit of I'd love you yeah I'd love for you to just talk to us about Hunter and tell us what he's like he uh he had a mind of his own that's for sure and um, from the from the minute I was pregnant with him he had a mind of his own but he was um such a loving person and just you know worried about everybody else and making sure they were good and you just I mean really just a great child. I mean, no mm-hmm. problems all the way through. I guess when he turned 21, a bunch of his friends came in from town and they went out to celebrate his 21st birthday. He had turned 21 in June. They had actually had gone out in August and he went to a place here. Um, it was a beach fest down at North Hills. And he drank beer. I'm not going to lie. I mean, he was a typical 21 year old. He didn't really like liquor though. He was like, I'm not good on liquor, you know? So he always drank beer and they went out and they were buying him shots and shots and shots. And he was texting me saying, you know, I'm not driving. Someone's driving me. Cause I'm like, I'll come get you, you know, not to drive. And yeah, Mm -hmm. we have a big farm and he lived on our farm. And when he got in, he texted me and said, I'm home. So I said, well, I'm going to walk down and bring y'all some pizza. Obviously you're drunk. You know, I want you to eat. So I had walked down and brought him some pizza and I knew he drank tequila. Like he reeked of tequila. It was so bad. And I immediately got worried and was like, well, I'm not going nowhere. I'm staying here. I I was scared of alcohol poison and Mm -hmm. a friend was there and he didn't want to eat. So I finally got him laid on the couch and I was like, well, I'm going to stay up here. And I had him on his side and, you know, checked everything. And I probably stayed there for about two hours. Well, mothers have intuition and, you know, you yeah. get these feelings that come over you. And there's been other times when he's been out that I'm like, I would get this feeling. And I just, after he was asleep and I had him on his side, I felt okay. I was like, well, I'm going yeah. up to the house and I feel okay. And I'd gotten up the next morning. It was Friday morning because we were leaving Saturday to go to Bahamas. And I'd gotten up to go to the dry cleaners. Well, it's summer. So my 16-year-old is not in school yet. And he was out cutting grass with the big tractor. Well, he called me frantically. Well, I thought he done ran himself over or did something with the tractor. He was like, mom, mom, you got to come home. I'm like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And he was like, you've got to come home. Hunter's dead. And I said, Hunter's not dead. I was with him till three o'clock in the morning. I mean, you're kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the last thing. Well, now he's screaming at me and he's hyperventilating and I'm like, oh, something's wrong. And you know me, I'm like, well, go fill him because I'm like, I was with him till three o'clock in the morning. Right. No and, 
And now it's not that late either, right? It's like 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, go fill him. He said, he's cold. I said, call 911. I don't remember driving home. I don't remember. I was 10 minutes away. Well, obviously I'm like, well, he had a dog, Mason, which was his best bud. I mean, like that dog idolized him. Mm-hmm. The dog was obsessed with him. He needed to be on dog, doggy Xanax because he was so bad. <laughs> and I guess the dog knew he had passed away, Mason, and I guess he had thrown up and was really sick. Well, someone was like, well, there's, I didn't never go in. And so they were like, there's throw up everywhere. Well, so immediately I'm like alcohol poison. You know, he choked me yeah. with alcohol poison. Um, obviously, several months later when we got the autopsy back, um, he did have a lot of alcohol, not enough to kill him, but he had taken a Xanax that was laced with fentanyl. After they had oh left from, after they had left from mm. the party, they had stopped by this guy's house that he didn't really know. I mean, they're young kids and he ended up taking a Xanax. Now, I'm not saying my son would not do anything. Yeah. He smoked pot, not going to lie. I knew he smoked pot. He was honest. But he also was the type that would not take anything unless he knew, you know, I mean, he just wasn't that type. He had just had shoulder surgery and wouldn't even take the pain pills. I mean, he said, nope. Do you know how many kids get addicted to pain pills? Mm -hmm. Give me Advil. And I mean, they ended up keeping him in the hospital because of the pain to control the pain. And when he got out, he would not take the pain pills. Um, Was he a saint? No. Would he, yes, would he have taken a Xanax if he knew it was probably a prescription? Probably, but not knowing where it came from. No. So yeah, I mean, never in my wildest dreams did I think it was going to come back with that. I mean, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt it was alcohol poison. And it was a mixture of it. I mean, so much alcohol. He was a little boy. I mean, he was like 5'8", 130 pounds soaking wet. So, I mean, it wouldn't have taken much to, um... And so when he went, I'm sorry. No, no. I mean, the one thing is when he went to sleep, his body just shut down and he just never woke up. So yeah. his funeral, a lot, a lot, a lot of people were there. Like his, I wanted to do the funeral and the wake all at once. And my kids were like, well, then I'm having to deal with my six, 16 year old who found his best friend, yeah. his brother. Yeah. They were best buzz. I mean, so, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to shut down. Um, I was having to deal with the trauma he had, yep. um, it, which is hard. I mean, you know, and then trying to deal with mine. And then I have a grandson and, you know, a 28-year-old. And so, but I know when we did the, fu- the wake and the funeral, I wanted to do it all together. And my boys were like, you can't do that. And I was like, why not? They were like, you just don't understand. Well, the wake... Almost 2,000 people came through the wake. Um, kids wow. that they had a count of. And for a, a while, I, I didn't want to read Facebook. And then I finally brought myself to get on Facebook. And then just seeing how many people he touched and the lives he touched. I'm like, why didn't I know all this? I mean, he was a quiet kid. But when he had something to say, he had something to say. And mm-hmm. I just realized, I was like, you know what? I was blessed to have him for 21 years. He's touched so many people's lives. So as we went into the funeral part of it, I tried to make it because I knew there would be a lot of young kids there. So I tried to also get a message out that 
you know what? It just takes one bad choice. I mean, driving mm-hmm. in Texas, don't eat, not even alcohol and drugs. It could be anything, one bad choice like that. It can take your life. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and at first it hit the kids and, you know, they were all, oh my God, we're never da, 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 da. But you know what? It goes away. They're, yeah. That scaredness goes away and they go back, right back to people doing forget. People yep. forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I knew that I wanted to do, and it's taken me because I mean, I'm a little bit different. It's harder for me to share my emotions. That's why yeah. I was so comfortable. I mean, because everyone was like, go to a group, go to a group. But I did not want it to have anything to do with the group. I mean, yeah. number one, I'm talking about a, a, a kid that's died from drugs. You know, that's not easy to digest, you know, as mm-hmm. a parent that they don't have to tell that story. Happens a lot. Obviously, you know, you find out a lot after something like this happens. So I had someone recommend Michelle and I was still antsy. I was like, oh, I don't know, but it's one-on-one. So I think I can do it. And I went and I just knew immediately, like talking to her, I was like, there's just something there, you know, then she fired me, which was a good thing. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it is hard. I mean, it's a little bit different than her story where, you know, we're talking about a child that I thought I've raised perfect that took a pill with Xanax. That's it. It's embarrassing yeah. almost yeah. at first, at first you're, you're like, where did you go wrong? And then, you know, you get over that and you want to share it. And if I, even at that funeral, having to talk about it in front of all those people, if I could save one person from his story, then that, it meant the world to me. Yeah. It makes it a little bit, it's always helpful that a little bit of good can come of it, right? Because you don't ever want to even think about anything being worth it. Yeah. Right. Cause it's not, it's not yeah. worth it. But if you can bring a little bit of comfort to someone or prevent someone else from having that horrible pain that you are experiencing right now, then it's like, well, it's at least there's that. And there's, you, a, there's a purpose. Yeah. And yeah. You, right. Because the investigation was opened up because of it, because obviously the guy that gave him or had the pills, a couple other people had died um, taking the same pill oh and Lord. there was an investigation into it. They actually, about seven months later, um, he was arrested. They had caught him and not caught him. I mean, they were watching him and right. he was busted with a bunch of pills and stuff like that in his car ended up going to jail, got out of jail. It's a very predominant family around here. He got out of jail. His parents were separated. Well, then he gave his dad a Xanax and it killed his dad. Oh my goodness. So then, so now he's beside himself and he's taking the pills to try to kill himself. And, you know, they went twice and, and, did the um the injection because he had what is Narcan that? Narcan Narcan I couldn't even yeah Narcan yeah. nine one one calls out to his house and did the Narcan. Well, me I'm like, why are y'all going out there? He's killed people left and right. Let him die, you know. I mean, there's yeah. so many. I had to step back and be like, you know what? He has a mother. I know what I'm going through. No matter what that child's done, she does not deserve to go through losing yeah. her son. So you, you do grow from it. And I did have to step back and realize, you know, yeah. So it's been, it's 
it's been crazy. Well, that's kind of amazing of you, I think, to be able to think that kind of forgiving of a heart because I, man, that's hard hard. to have. I mean, you know what? And I also had to think no matter what my child did, he's my child, right, wrong, whatever. I'm, he's always going to be my child. So I'm going to back him and be there for him. Yeah, that's true. She's doing the same thing. It's her child, you know? And I just finally was like, that mother doesn't deserve to go through um, burying her son. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy as much as I was like, he doesn't deserve to live after killing people. I had to back, back out of the situation and and look at a whole picture. Well, it's just so crazy that that could even escalate to that point, right? It shows how how broken he really was, right? To continue to make that choice. Yeah. And he's got to live with the rest of his life that he killed his dad. Yeah, I know. That's got to be torture too. He's in jail now too, right? Yes. He's in jail now too? Okay. Oh my goodness. That is just so hard for me to wrap my head around. I mean, I, I know the whole thing is, and I have talked to lots of moms now whose kids made that choice to buy that one pill that has been then the last choice that they've made. And it's just so tragic and hard. And ugh. there are so many things because you've got the kids that you watched go down the road, right. To become an addict and all of that. And you try to intervene and I've interviewed those mothers and that's extremely painful to watch them go down this path. And then I've interviewed mothers like you that felt like they did everything right. And aside from some drinking, which was totally legal for him to do, by the way. And I think that's what's so hard is that it wasn't like we were fighting that he, you know, in and out of rehabs for being an addict. You know what? I mean, I remember growing up and I was a little mother hen, so I didn't do nothing. But I remember my brother trying like cocaine, trying this, trying that. I mean, I guess maybe going through that stage in your life, but what kids don't understand is you don't know what's in anything day and time nothing I mean I almost wish they would make pot legal so kids could get it and know what they're getting because they're gonna do it they're gonna try it well and and you know it's legal here in Michigan although not for kids but it is funny because they do come in and they, they even tell me, they admit it to me. It's so weird to me. <laughs> they like, just tell me that they're smoking pot. Kids tend to think it's less of a big deal, even than cigarettes for some reason. And I don't quite understand why they think no, that no, it's so no. safe. You know, I, it's blows me away actually. You know, your patients come in, right? I like, don't. Yeah. My patients. Yeah. My patients who are teens. Okay. I don't understand it either um, because I'm not a really, I'm not a drinker. I've never done drugs. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes all I can to take an Advil when I have a headache. I just, I've always been that way. I don't know if it's because I saw my brother do so much. I don't know. But with having kids, I, and I'll be honest, when I first found out Hunter was smoking pot, I took him. I was like, we're going to, uh, I mean, I took him to a drug like therapist. Yeah. Therapist. Yeah. I was like, mom, are you kidding me right now? I mean, yeah. it's hot. And I'm like, well, that opens up the door to other things. And he was like, oh my gosh, you're ridiculous. So I took him and the I could have punched her in the face, this therapist. You know who it is. Because she looked right at me and she was like, well, I'd rather smoke pot than drink. And I'm like, 
Do you understand oh. I got him in here for smoking pot and you're telling him it's okay? And I she know. said, I said, it's a gateway. And she said, well, let me ask you this. She said, you take someone who's been drinking and you take someone who's been smoking pot and you put a line of cocaine in front of them, who's going to be the first one to take it? I'm like, well, I guess the person drinking, I don't know. She said, absolutely. She said, drinking is a physical addiction. Smoking pot is a, well, then I'd lost my case. And he right. loved her. He continued I'm sure. her. And, <clears throat> but I will say after learning and seeing the kids, and I never in a million years thought I would say this. I'd rather see my kids smoke pot than to drink tequila or elk liquor and get to where they're falling down steps and don't know where they're at yeah. and fitting up. Yeah. You know what? When he, I can see that. What I usually try to tell kids though, is that it's not that whole addiction thing. It's that you make stupid choices when you are high or you're drunk, you make yep. stupid choices. You don't yep. make choices that you would have made otherwise. You get behind the wheel of a car, you, yep. you know, get pregnant, you get, I mean, things happen yep, when you are not in your you own mind and you make dumb choices. And that's what happened yeah. to your son, right? He yeah. ended up drinking too much and then making a dumb choice that he never would have made had he been sober. Right. And I do feel like, and look, I, I feel like you make dumb choices smoking pot too. I mean, absolutely. Sure. No, I know. And that's what I was referring to when I, but, when uh, the kids I, tell me that it's just a little weed, Dr. Larson, don't freak out. But I do feel like when you cross that line with drinking, you make really, really bad choices. Like, I mean, you know, when Hunter would smoke some pot, I knew when he smoked pot because here comes Domino's pizza coming in, okay. taking some pizza and he's playing his game. The drinking, and maybe it's just guys at that age, but he thought when he drank, ooh, he could do anything. Like, yeah, I think yeah. Saying, um, that's true. Think drinking is more of the behavioral issues, like anger, the outbursts, the, oh, I can yeah. go drive in the car. And I think smoking pot, what it is, is it, it's a demotivator. It makes people lazy. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't make you mm -hmm. productive. So I don't think it's a behavioral thing, but it's more of like, it's, you're not productive. You know? Well, and oftentimes they go together though, too, right? right. You well, then, then you have a different Then you have a, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. then you have a but I mean, the it's one thing is, I mean, my 16 year old, I mean, obviously he drinks and well, smokes some pot. Anymore. He's 21 now, but, <laughs> but it, it, yeah. <laughs> Finding that. Okay, I'm glad you threw that out there. Thanks for talking. Yeah, well, I meant from the age of 16 to 21. He just turned 21. So that was really hard for me because, you know, Hunter died right after 21. So now I'm like, oh my God, are we going to get through this 21? You know, I mean, right. I know. But it, I was like that with 14 with Peter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And I was like that with my daughter and my son for 17. Yeah. But it has, it has definitely taken the thrill out of trying things. I mean, he drinks and he smokes some pot, but he will not mess with yeah. nothing else. Yeah. Nothing. So it's um, just so hard. I've said yeah. this many times too, that, you know, the brain has not really reached kind of adult maturity until 26 years of age <laughs> and they all make all these rash decisions and aren't thinking clearly. And, you know, because well, they just don't, they think they're not, something bad isn't going to happen. They're invincible. They're invincible. Right. And, that, and she did say that. She said, you know, they're at their age where their brain is like way up here 
and they think they can do, but they're not thinking things through. Mm-hmm. It's really, they're about 25 before they, you see that round in the corner level in and out, their hormones are crazy. And I was like, they're still egocentric. They don't even think about how their behaviors affect, gonna affect yeah. somebody else. It's very, like, no. very, very no. egocentric. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. Well, I'm so sorry. That's just such a, ugh. Yeah. That's just the feeling you get, right? I mean, that's just this kind of just yuck feeling for sure. And I know that you're right. I definitely talked to a lot of parents now. And the two things that tend to get you feeling like that, I really can't even talk to other people are when they die of drug overdose and when they die by suicide, right? Yeah. Because those are the things I felt like, you know what, you just can't quite understand me. Or I really just don't feel like I can talk about this because it was under their control a little bit more, right? Than how Andy died in a car accident or how Rachel died. It's just, it's different when they had a bit of a hand in it, whether it was when they were in their clear state of mind or not, which you can say all in both of those cases, it would be that they weren't in their clear state of mind, right? Right. Right. So they're not thinking clearly, but it does make it more difficult sometimes, I think, to reach out to other people. So I'm so glad that you did find Michelle and that you started in that relationship that then grew to be just such a dear friendship. So why don't you talk about that a little bit and about kind of how you have been for each other? And I think I'm even going to start with Michelle on this one, actually. So, um, like I said, she was referred to me by our doctor who I just had signed on with um, and told her my whole story, my doctor. So she knew my background and asked me, can I have some cards? I was like, sure. And so she shortly after, well, not sure. Yeah, about shortly. Yeah, about three months later, I got a phone call from Tracy saying that doctor referred her. And I was like, oh, and so she came and she told me her story and you know, I've I, I'm always been, I've always been a very sharing therapist anyway. I've never been like the type that's like, you can't know anything about me because I just don't mm-hmm. to relate to you. So, you know, and, but I just found myself sharing a lot more with Tracy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when she would say something, I'm like, oh my God, yes. And th- you know what I mean? And then I'd be talking a little bit about my situation. It's not about me. It's about her, but couldn't, right. didn't work that way. You know, it, didn't, it was like, this is about us. Like we both are going, we're both in pain and I could actually talk about it in my office. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, the patients, it's kind of like, you got to suppress it, you know, and, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It, it, it works, but I know, I mean, I know me, right. When I, when I see a family, I will tell a two or three sentence story that may give them a little bit of comfort, show that I have a little bit of insight into what is happening, but that's all you do, right? You don't go way in. I mean, well, crazy. I went way in. Right. And that's what made me so comfortable when being like, oh my God. I mean, like it just, it, I would go home talking and Chuck was, my husband would be like, oh my gosh. I mean, you went from not wanting to wanting. And I'm like, you don't get it. I mean, yeah. There's something there. I just feel something. But I also felt like I was getting a therapy session and I'm not supposed <laughs> right. to be like, the therapist so I was like okay and <laughs> you're like home. this is not how it's supposed to go it's not gonna work really so I was like we have become you're my friend like you're my dear friend like you become my friend you can't be my patient anymore but we're gonna still see each other all the time and whatever and so then I am we are very opposite I'm, I'm very type a you know wrote those two books in like the first year they had the foundation you know I, I gotta do things so I'm constantly looking for 
I was looking for retreats. I was looking for spiritual awakenings. I was looking for anything I could. And I found something in Sedona, which was like a five day, yeah, a personal thing that they- It's like, geared towards you. Right, you, you know. go, we went, we stayed in Airbnb and- Which we, I would have never done if it wasn't for her. I mean, she, uh -huh. that's the thing that is, is she finds and then she's like, you want to go and I'll go. Because, if it was me going by myself, mm-mm. But she, yeah, it was called Soul Adventure, actually. And so you go and we rent an Airbnb and every day she had three people that she met with, you know, different like uh, sessions. I had three sessions. We came back together at night. It was great. I mean, it was just, I mean, Sedona pretty much has this whole vortex that is just, like, just... really healing anyway. But it, it was it was a really good experience. And then we did the while, while we're waiting experience, you know, mm -hmm. and that was a phenomenal experience like that was such a good experience. And that was really we went to salt tanks after you know what a salt tank is where you float and, you i did know? that yeah and while i was in the salt tank it was as if i don't know where it came from but it, it was like darts of like angels to retreat have it anywhere did yeah. like just like all this stuff while i'm in this float tank and i like i like in the lobby i like attacked her i'm like we gotta start doing yeah this. and i was like I, I, yeah i think so too just okay <laughs> Because yeah. more than anything, when you've lost a child, all you want to do is talk about, because you know what, yeah. even though they're not here, they're a part of your life. I talk about my other two kids. Yeah, they're here, but he was part of my life for 21 years. I'm not going to not talk. You can't about just him. suddenly stop talking about him. But then you worry that people get tired of hearing and blah, 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 blah. So this is just a place where you can openly talk about them, cry, laugh, what, you know, right. just... And people right. too. Because they want to know. That's yeah. the difference, right? You know <laughs> your audience when they want to know. Right. It's like kind of like being on your program. It's people. It, it's the exact same, actually. Yeah. I, it's because they can people can tell their story to people who want to listen to it, right? It's not mm -hmm. only telling the story, it's actually, you know, yeah. okay, so my child was a drug overdose, but that wasn't him. I mean. Mm -hmm. Let me just tell you how he was, you know, yep. this is my son. And so it's not only that, it's, it's everything, you know, it's, yeah. So, and it was probably, and I told, and I would not have gone if it wasn't for Michelle. I mean, like I said, she's the one that pulls me Pushes out of my comfort zone and I would not have gone by myself. And it was probably one of the best really things was. we I've done. I mean, kudos to them because they actually, Absolutely. you know, Absolutely. really encourage us to do it and and even being there was great for us because i mean it is a religiously run organization yeah but while you're waiting yeah mm -hmm. probably only jewish person there so you know when they say, say <laughs> they say Baruchita, they would laugh and then they're like no really but like, okay. <laughs> and then we will have no religious denomination at all and it doesn't matter but there are things that we noticed, like there were so many people there that when you were breaking up in groups and you talk to them, you would sometimes be like, well, who is your kid again? Like, like you feel terrible, but you hear so many stories. And it's like, mm -hmm. which story was yours? So we decided to like, you know, with our thing, we're going to make pins with the kids' names on it and say like, you know, never forgotten and then put their, the name underneath it. And it's like a little square pin that they can have. And I also, it's also a memorabilia. Like I, I have a pin in my car, you know? And it just, when you look at it, they'll know, like, I'm not alone. Like, you know, there's other people with this pin too. You know what I mean? Yeah. But more importantly, I always felt so horrible asking the person, like, which story was yours again? I'm so sorry. You know what I mean? And it's like, right. So personal, but there's so much to, to take in. To take it. Because look, 
when you think, and look, I mean, losing a child is awful, awful. And when you think you've got it bad and then you meet somebody who's there for two kids oh. or you meet somebody who their child passed away from an accident of running back and up over them. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's wrong. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, we are funding ourselves right now. We are. Yeah. Just, yeah we're doing it ourselves for the first one. We're not, we don't have a huge turnout, but it's, it's decent. But I, I mean, it'll, I think it'll start small and go. I mean, we yeah. were very fortunate. I mean, I do believe there's a reason for everything. And when we started this, I mean, it ended up that we were calling two different houses. She had called about one and I called about one. Actually, we didn't hear nothing back. So she was going to retext hers and I was retexting mine. Well, we had a third house. And I actually, I actually text the third house thinking I was texting the one I text. And he was like, well, I never got your email. I mean, da, 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 da. He called me. Well, come to find out, I text the wrong person. He ended up giving <laughs> us the house for free. Yeah. No cost. Just, yeah. And you know what was so funny? Not funny. It was crazy is that he said, you know what? Y'all can have it every year this time. No charge. What you're doing is wonderful. I have a friend. She's lost her son. I cannot believe y'all are doing this. It's amazing. He said, with the money you save on the house, not having to rent, he said, I'll give you, there's a a chef in Lake Gaston. Well, he gave me the chef's information and it was so funny. Finally that night I went on and to the link and it took me to his Instagram page. And the first thing that came up said, followed by Hunter Watson, which is my son. I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh. And my son followed this chef, and I was like, "If this is not meant but to they, be, but they, but they, but they also do have a house up in the gas, right?" Too, so. But my son, no, loved, but still, I mean, what are the chances of that? That is not yeah. just well, and he loved to cook, so he and I was like, "That right there is this is how it's supposed to be." Right. It was it's like no to, pressure to you, but <laughs> yeah, it was meant for me to text the wrong house. Yeah, he's yeah, he's just like. Pay like cleaning fees. I mean, really yeah. nice guy. So we had come up with this and we, it's, it, the retreat is called Reflective Healing for Rachel and Hunter. Rachel is okay. Reflective Healing is for Hunter. We're hoping that it's just a, there'll be some structure, of course, you know, but we're hoping that it's just a place where people can just let their emotions and talk. Come out, the, the, you know, the house we have now is a beautiful house on the lakeside. It's got a hammock. It's, I mean, it's just a really nice location, but, you know, that we will be having meetings and stuff like that, but everyone will hopefully have their own rooms and their own accommodations and just a place to be able to breathe, I guess, you know? So have you had it yet? Have you had the no, first one? No, our first no. one. No, is- so when is the first one? It's March 5th to the 8th, right? 4th okay. through the 6th. Okay, March 4th through the 6th. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's free. Not the only thing they're responsible is getting transportation there. Everything else is taken care of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how many people are you hoping to have or how many have people signed up already? Yes, we have. So we have the three of us and then we have, we have probably nine people. Okay. Like nine kids. And actually one of them has lost two kids and, but she's coming from Colorado, which I'm, it's like, to me, it's That's a big, I'm big nervous big, about yeah. that. I'm like, oh, it's Carol Arsons. I hope it's really good. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. a, long, a long trip, you know, but um, I had posted something on Facebook on one of the, the like one of the helping parents heal or one of those. 
And most of them took it down, but some people kept it up. And a lady called me from Colorado and she's lost two kids and says she could really benefit from it. And I was like, sure, come on down. So absolutely. So how many people can you have in, the, in this location? In this one, we can have, it's eight bedrooms. Um, mm-hmm. and so we can have 16 people or, you know, like eight couples or, you know, and then there's another room that has three beds in it and another room that has three beds in it with people like me, Tracy and Angel can share. Know. Yeah. Plus, I mean, worst case scenario, I have a lake house there. We could always go stay there and give up extra rooms that it's not that far. Yeah. I mean, we want to normally get a 10, at least a 10 bedroom house, but. This- and, and we're hoping that the next time it's a little bit bigger, get a bigger house. And, you know, this is our first one. If it ends up being small, that's okay. You know, we learn from it and go from there for the next one. I mean, we would like- We're learning. I mean, we haven't taken it. Like I said, we're paying this totally out of our own. We'll eventually learn how to, you know, take donations and this and that. And hopefully, you know, not keep funding it forever because we may be broke. But um, (laughs) the first one- I just think it sounds so beautiful. I just love it. I was very excited when you reached out that you wanted to- well, kind of announce it here while we're waiting type of thing you know um maybe it's just not as structural and formal in some ways but yeah i mean it was a, that, i love it was that was a great weekend so what did it give to you that weekend and what are so what are you hoping to give to other people oh just i like when i said you can breathe like you can breathe like yeah. there's no holding back going to the grocery store and being like you know like you see somebody and it's like this whole tension thing because they don't know what to say and it's like you know all I, and I always have to be the icebreaker I always got to be the one to be like oh you know what I mean so and and just being able to say things that you know maybe wouldn't say to somebody else yeah. because they'd be like oh, and they get it I mean you they're know? in the same boat you are you're you realize oh you know something I thought I'm thinking is just crazy Someone else has got the same thoughts going through. And I mean, it's, it's really interesting because, I mean, I don't know if it's because I'm a therapist and I'm just always looking at people's reactions and stuff, but I felt really like in tune to like some people there. And there was, our friend Angel was supposed to come and last minute she canceled. And so they called this couple up who was not able to go, scheduled to go for like six or eight months down the line. Mm-hmm. They just recently lost their kid and said, we have an opening would you like to come? And the husband was like, no, I'm not, we're not ready. And the wife was like, it's my birthday weekend. Please do this for my birthday. And he did, he went. And so they took my, my friend Angel's, our friend Angel's place. And I, she needed, she, she was like me. She needed to talk. She needed to just be out there. She needed to, to, you know, and he needed to. It was still too fresh for him. He had a hard and he, he would come to the meeting, but he'd get up and, you know, whatever he'd go in his room, spend a lot of time in his room. And I just, I felt that pain on him. And when he was outside smoking a cigarette, I just said to him, I was like, man, I feel your pain. I like, I, I, you're physically killing, like hurting. And I see it, you know, and he's like, thank you for acknowledging it. I feel like, you know, I'm you know, failing here. And I'm like, no, no. Yep. I, I was going to say, that's what he's feeling because that's what it's, I mean, it's bad, but men put so much more on themselves that they have to take care of it. And they have to take care of everybody. And they put so much pressure on these dads that a lot of times they can't allow themselves to grieve because they have gotten in their head that they're like the provider, right? That you, they're the you have to. Mm-hmm. And, and having all boys, it was, you know, having, with only being the only female, that's how Hunt Parker just wouldn't show his feelings. He was, you know, scared. If he got upset, I would get upset. Yeah. He didn't want to upset me, my oldest one. So 
they tend to not, you know, they want to be the strong one. And you know what? I just want to be left alone. Let me go out on the front porch, cry it out, beat my fist, do whatever. Y'all don't have to worry about me, you know. But having all guys, they want to be there. They want to be the cry on my shoulder and they don't acknowledge. Well, they feel like they need to be. That's the biggest issue, I think. You know, a lot of people ask me, they were like, do you think y'all split up? And I'm like, you know what? I I can't answer that question. But the one thing I did learn is that we grieve differently. No two people are going to grieve the same. Mm -hmm. He's got to grieve the one. At first I was agitated because I was like, why does he not want to go to the cemetery with me? Why does he not want to do this? Why will he not talk about it? And then as it went on, I just realized we grieve differently. I have to let him grieve the way he grieves. And I agree. And he let me grieve the way I needed to. But it's just realizing that no two people grieve the same. I mean, it's. it's I love, I think the most important thing you said in that whole thing was he let me grieve in the way I needed to grieve. And you yep. let him grieve in the way Finally, he needed to grieve. I got through my head. That, that is so important because you're right. People grieve differently, but the tricky part can really be letting the other person grieve how they must. Yep. And of course, I, I've also had other people contact me and say, my husband isn't grieving. And that is really tricky. And I don't even know what to say to that when they just like, we don't talk about it. We don't do it. We don't do anything. They just act like they're not at all. And <sighs> that's a tough one too. Well, they may you know? be grieving, but it's not. But grieving well, they may be. But I, I've spoken to Jerry, who who has his own podcast. Jerry had said that he didn't grieve. He said he just started running, and he didn't grieve for ten years, and he just didn't do it. The nameless minority. That's what the podcast but that's is. The nameless husband. minority. Then he husband. said he just he just did not grieve. He just went running every time he that's felt grief so that he could just not feel it. And then 10 years later, he ended up having to feel it and having to deal with it. Because you know what? You can run for so long, but, but it's really hard to run forever. Well, but you can was, run for a while. My husband was like that and really didn't show no grieving, no nothing, just work, 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 work. He ended up having a stroke right afterwards. And after the stroke, it's like now, I mean, he goes out to the cemetery more than me now. I mean, yeah, he cries. He, if he's talking, you'll just see him start crying. I mean, he definitely, since the stroke, I mean, he lets it out now. Mm-hmm. So, but they don't, they don't like, you would have never thought anything. I mean, he was just mm, 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 work, work, work. Don't talk about it. Didn't want to hear, did not want it talked about. My 16 year old at the time would, if you brought up the name, he was out of there. If you brought up Hunter, he was out. He was not going to talk about it. And, And I see him opening up a little bit more saying things. And, you know, like we were on our way home one night from dinner and I don't start it. So if he starts it, I flow with it. Right. And he, and he was talking about, yeah, Hunter's favorite meal was lasagna. And we were laughing because his girlfriend was in the car and we were like, yeah, he loved lasagna and banana pudding. And for the longest time, I couldn't make it. So we were sitting there talking about lasagna, banana pudding, how Hunter was. And we had a to-go box. And in the car from the condensation, it made a perfect heart on the box. Perfect oh. heart. And Parker was like, oh, Hunter's happy. We're talking about his favorite food. And 
you get those. How happy did that make you? It did that. He was actually, because any other time he will shut you down talking about Hunter. He would be like, if you're going to keep talking about it, I'm leaving. So, you know, those little bits that I get where he actually starts, it's, I'm like amazed. So it makes them more precious though too. Yeah. Right. Yes. And you know, it's genuine and you know, it's real. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so, yeah, so that's it. So it's, if anybody is interested, it's on Pangels, P-A-N-G-E-L-S, Parents Angels, Parents of Angels. Okay. And how often do you hope to be able to have these? We, if we, we'll have them as often as we, we can, like we need to. I mean, like if we find like there's a lot of people signing up, then we'll do different places. Oh, yeah. and, 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 and look, I don't think, and we haven't talked a bit about this, but I don't think we're opposed to doing it in other areas. No, no, no. That's if it, still, yeah. 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 That's what you had mentioned to me that you, yeah, you know, like, that it might be something that you go do somewhere else that there, if there seems like there's a need, yeah. right? Go to the lake in Michigan, yeah. the beautiful lake house on Michigan and go and do it there. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think that would be something that people would know, should know too, because, you know, a lot of times listeners have a little group of people that, that they know and that they would maybe like to do something together and okay. you would be great to reach out to, to see if right. you could help them facilitate, you know, come to you, trying to figure out what you're doing. That's actually a really good thing to put on the website is if anybody has a group of people who would like to have a retreat in their area, please let us know and we can make the accommodations and yeah. have it there for you. Like we can right, right. Our- because now you feel like you've kind of, you know, you've got some of it figured out a little bit. And I'm sure that first weekend in March, you'll get a lot more, you know, you'll learn a lot more. So you don't know anything and, until it's over. Yeah. And each time yeah. we'll just keep building on it. I mean, yeah. I think we're going to learn and each time just keep making it better, hopefully. Yeah. And we'll see. We'll, we'll, like, we just got to get through this first one. Yeah. I think, I mean, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it either. Fine. I mean, I think it'll be, it will be fine, but, um, Know, Isn't know. it funny how when you just feel like something's meant to be, you just don't worry about it? Don't act, yeah. Yeah. Not, and you know. and for you, it this is just something that's meant to be. I mean, when you think about even how things started just solving themselves without you really having to do much, you know, with you accidentally texting the wrong person who ended up wanting to give it to you for free. And then him giving you the name of a chef that Hunter really admired and wanted to follow. These are things that just make it, that just show you, this is what you're supposed to be doing. That's right. And then if it's something you're supposed to be doing, then it's just going to turn out. Okay. That's right. And like I yeah. said, like when I was in that soul tank, it just wasn't, it, I, it wasn't me. I'm telling you, it was thoughts. It was like things of things. I mean, she was coming out. What about this thing? What about this? I'm like, I love them all. I mean, I it was know. just like somebody was just beating stuff in my head the yeah. whole time. Like I'm supposed to be relaxing here, and, you know, but I'm getting all excited about it. And I'm like, we could do this. We could totally do this. And it was, That's so know, funny. Yeah. That's like me with the podcast. You know, I suddenly get this, this feeling, this overwhelming feeling that I'm supposed to do a podcast. And I was like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I mean, I, I had never even listened to a podcast other than like a handful of the ones my husband did. Okay. I mean, that's it. I knew nothing about it at all. And suddenly I get this, you're supposed to do one. Like, where did that come from? But it's one of those things that some, sometimes you just go with it. Right. I mean, you just, you just like do. I had, to, I had to print, I had to publish those books. Like I had to, you know, put her writings down in books. It wasn't even a, 
it wasn't even a thought. It was like, not if it's like, when is it going to get done? You know? And, but I put a lot of pressure on myself too, but I, you know, it's, it, it wasn't a question of, should I do this? Should I not do it? It's going to be done. It's just well, when. So and yes. when I was seeing her, I told Michelle, look, you know, I do want to do something in Hunter's name and blah, blah, blah. And I, and she was like, well, it'll come to you. I just couldn't. And then with this, I'm like, this is it. She's right. This is mm -hmm. what I'm looking for. Yeah. That's similar to my friend, Stephanie and I, Stephanie has been on the show a few times now and, and she now is actually the, the coordinator for Starlight Ministries, but she has had the dream of having a couples retreat for a very long time. And it was funny because we were sitting at lunch one day and the podcast had been going on for a while. And I, it, this was right before the pandemic, it, which is why everything kind of went on hold. But I'd said, I really would like to do a retreat. And she just like stopped. And she stared at me and she said, did you know that I've been wanting to do a retreat for over a year? I've been wanting to do a couples retreat. And it, it was just one of those things that we both had come to individually. Then she's got a special camp that she wanted to go to. And then I kind of have a camp that I'd like to go to that that's doing some stuff in Andy's name right now. But we'll see. We'll see if down the road we get it. But now I feel like I have another resource. Oh, so you're doing like campy retreats. Like that's, that was well, she wanted to do it at a camp. Yeah. She wanted yeah, that to do was it at a camp. Then we were like luxuries. Yeah. Like Everybody. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. She's more on the camping. No, um, I like, like the camping thing too. Cause it's like you're getting in touch with nature and yeah. you're being surrounded by stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why we chose a lake. Cause it's so natural out there. So relaxing out there. Peaceful. Yeah. And Mm hmm. Well, and that something like that would definitely work around in this area as well, because we have so many beautiful lake homes on the lakes here and on Lake Michigan. And, and I, I would love so Hunter's ex-girlfriend, all Hunter's girlfriends come out of the woodwork, but the one like he was Madison, she's from Michigan. Um, oh, yeah. She actually, yeah, she actually just left and went back home because after Hunter passed, she had a real hard, hard time and got on some pills and stuff like that. So her mom sent her back to Michigan to live with her dad. So that's so funny when you said Michigan, I'm like, ah, Michigan. Oh, see, <laughs> these things great. just fall into place, don't they? It's a way for us to travel. Yeah. United States. Yeah. Try, there you go. Take I'll a year travel. of traveling and retreats. Yeah. You're just doing retreat after retreat. I no, love that. Yeah, why not? You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, ladies, for sharing this with us again. So the website is Pangels, right? P Angels.org. So you can find out more about what they're doing. You know, I don't know that there'll be enough time for people to listen here to get in on this first retreat, but right, and by right. by that time, you can start getting more information if, and maybe getting signed up for the next. Hmm? We, still, we still do have, have some couple, availability yeah. for this one at day hour. I mean, we have a couple more slots, so. Okay. We can see, but we can always get you on a list for the next one. And if there are people in a certain area, I'm sure it sounds like they're willing to make some kind of little help there too in accommodations. So I, I think this is amazing and awesome. And again, if you want to hear more about Rachel and Michelle's story, you can go back and listen to episode 70. And that's, it's. She's a pretty amazing girl too. You had two amazing children. So I think it's awesome to honor them in this way. We always say that if they met, that, that, if they met here, they would fall in love yes, together. Yes, they're so much. <laughs> they're a lot. They seem like they're so much alike. Just free spirits. And I mean, 
What is it we always say? The um, old souls. Old souls. Uh, Very old souls. I remember you saying that about Rachel for sure. That Rachel was an old soul. I mean, I, I never got a chance to meet Hunter, unfortunately, but I could tell you that just the people who knew him and hearing about him, I mean, he was one of those like, like lights in life that you just mm-hmm. don't see very often, you know, too bright to probably keep shining, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. You know? Yeah. Although you can almost hate to say that, right? <laughs> but yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Better to be dark and then gone, right? So, I mean, he-, he Yeah, he right, like, right, right. Just hearing other people talk to him. I didn't get a chance to meet him, but I just, he, he was he was special. I love that too about just hearing different people's stories and getting to know people because I feel like I know their kids like so well. You know, I, th- I think I told this on the podcast recently, like I was at Disney World and I was sure that I saw like someone that looked just like a Lenny, Demetra's daughter. I like sent her a picture. Like, I feel like this looks like her. I mean, I've never met her. They live in oh, Canada. But yet I feel like I get to know these kids after they're gone, just through their parents. And then there'll be somebody that reminds me about, I'll see somebody in church and they'll remind me of someone whose mom was on the show. And it's beautiful because they're, they're alive. They're so alive in my heart. Right. Mm-hmm. And in my mind. Yeah. Well, thank you again, ladies and best of luck to you. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for listening to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. We are always looking for new show ideas. If you'd like to be a guest, know someone who'd be a great guest, or have a show idea, please email us at marcy at andysmom.com. Be sure to visit the webpage, andysmom.com, for more content, including Marcy's blog. There you can also sign up to receive updates via email. Together, let's work to inspire hope, one day at a time.